31 degrees today, 32 tomorrow, 34 on Sunday. A little cooler air early next week. Hey, we're talking all things footy now. Mark Duffield, of course, Code Sport, SENWA Breakfast. Uh, comes on after us with mornings and uh, just taking a well-earned break at the moment, uh, but he's certainly going to be back. Duff, appreciate your time. Good morning. Morning, Goss. How are you, Scotty? Oh, yeah, I'm here, well. I'm here Morning, Duff. <laughs> Oh, you've forgotten me. Oh, morning, buddy. I was going to say morning. I've obviously not long got up. And I was going to say morning, morning, guys. Morning, Scotty. I thought, well, I don't know if sure Scotty's there. Oh, there. when am I not, mate? <laughs> Bordering on stalwart of uh, the show. Hey, hey, Duff, would you have, I mean, not that it was anything 100% brand new, but did you take in the interview with Harley Reid and what did you glean from it yesterday in regards to his affirmation that uh, he's happy to come to WA? Reaffirming that he's reaffirmed yeah, and reaffirmed. Yeah, I think that's been the messaging for a couple of months now, hasn't it? Since yeah. that whole thing blew up about whether he he might be a little reluctant. I think sometimes managers dip the toe in the water because obviously every kid would probably prefer to stay at home, um, given given his choices. Um, and sometimes the managers put out a few gentle sound waves to try and point it in that direction. Um, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. I think if you're West Coast, you'd be doing exactly what West Coast are doing, which is waiting for a monster offer to talk them out of it. And if you don't get a monster offer, you just go with it and pick him. Um, yeah. He looks like a very good player. Um, he looks like the best player in that draft. Um, now, what I would say is that history says more often than not, the guy we all are convinced is the number one pick turns out not to be the best player in the draft, but this kid does look like he is the best player in this draft. So, um, yeah, West Coast should just stick to their guns and see if someone makes the godfather offer. It's not going to happen. They are taking a Harley Reid pick one. That's it. Uh, I think they've. Uh, I think that North Melbourne might have. Um pooed in their own bed during the week. Uh, <laughs> pooed their own nest. <laughs> I think they should have been a little bit more genuine. Hey, Tyler Brockman's an interesting one, Duff. Um, Fremantle vented the fray, a four-year deal, but he's hell-bent on getting himself to West Coast, and he can be marched there through the pre-season draft if they can't strike a decent deal with Hawthorne. Yeah, I think once players decide on a club, it's pretty hard to talk them out of it. You know, like once a player decides on a club, he's probably had a meeting with the coach, um, and you know, probably several of the senior players have made contact with him, um, and emotionally they kind of enter the building. Just as sometimes you know, players emotionally leave the building and you can't get them back um, once they've been talking to another club. So I'd be very surprised if Tyler Brockman could be swayed in his view that it should be um, West Coast, not Fremantle. Obviously, I can understand Fremantle's interest given that they were blindsided a bit by the Lockie Schultz thing. Um, the other day, but um, I would imagine Tyler Brockman gets to West Coast one way or the other, either via a draft pick or via the preseason draft. Were you surprised by the the Schultz decision, Duff? And again, it's just another player that, and he's probably the best one out of the six now. I think it is that have, have left or have decided that they want else want want to go elsewhere. Um, were you surprised by that? Yeah, I was. Um, Obviously, there is a background story, but having said that, the background story is a story that would point to him wanting to go back to Victoria. He's picked a specific club. That club wooed him while under contract, and that club made a monster offer to him while he was under contract. I think that would be the part that would annoy me if I was Fremantle, um, and I'd be annoyed with Collingwood as much as I was annoyed with um, Lockie Schultz. And if I was Fremantle, I'd be making Ed Allen a hell of a big offer now, 
and a hell of a big offer next year and the year after and the year after that and any West Australian player that's there, I'd be doing the same thing too. Yeah, Ed, Ed, Ed Allen's the one, isn't he? He's the one that they've got uh, big hopes well, for, but he's no, apparently I'd, pretty happy. Yeah, well, I'd be saying to Collingwood, well, look, if we can't convince Ed Allen to come, you're not going to convince us to let Lockie Schultz go. And I'd take my chances next year. I, I, I just think that sometimes you've got to draw a line in the sand as a club. Um, you know, this is a bloke that sat in front of him a couple of months ago and declared he wanted to help him win a, a premiership. And then after a conversation with um, the Collingwood coach, he's decided he wants to go home. And I'm told it's not four plus one. I'm told it's more than that. Um, I think they should so, let him go. I think they should let him go. <laughs> no, I, I, look, I, I just disagree. I, I just think sooner or later, you've got to draw a line in the sand on this stuff. Now, I think Blake Akers was a clear list management error on their behalf, and they should have fought to keep him. And I think Blake Akers' performance has... Uh, um, has indicated that. The others, you know, have all left for different reasons. And a lot of them have left kind of with Fremantle's blessing, you know, like Lloyd Meek did, um, Darcy Tucker did. And obviously it's hard for them to stand in Joel Hamling's way when he's mm. basically been playing waffle for two seasons. So I think those ones in particular, you got to say, yeah, that's OK, off you go. But I think Akers was a was an error. And obviously Lowe got more money and, um, and Lobb, well, Rory Lobb marched just to the beat of his own drum, really. Mm. Um, but on this one, I'd be inclined to, unless I really feel I'm clearly winning on the deal um, or Ed Allen is on the table, um, then I'd be inclined to stand the ground if I was if I was free. Yeah, um, I, look, I was saying... And that means that... Sorry, enough. Pick, pick, pick 19 just doesn't get it done um, because pick 19 is going to be pick 24 come draft night. And um, he's a better player than that. He's top six in their best and fairest the last two years. He's their second best goal kicker. He's their most consistent ground-level pressure forward. He gives them both grunt and finish. Um, I would argue that if Collingwood like him enough to offer him a five- or six-year deal, Collingwood has to be prepared to cough up more than pick 19, which becomes pick 24. We've seen it. I mean, obviously, I wanted to see him there because I, I reckon Lockie Schultz is a ripper and uh, I'd love to see him play for Collingwood. I think they'd love him in, a, in an instant over there, the Magpie Army. But you sort of have to have a look at two. You know, when you look at Rory Lobb, and I agree, Rory Lobb's a, a very different unit, but do you keep a player that just doesn't want to be there, Duff? I mean, what does that do for your culture? What does that do for the mentality what of his teammates? Culture, Scotty, if you just got one bloke in contract, walking out every year because someone makes him a big offer. Hmm. Hmm. That does nothing for the culture. Yeah, but if your culture's good um, enough, if your culture's good enough, and your club is strong enough, and and everything, everyone's going in the same direction, the players don't want to leave. Mate, players are now routinely meeting with clubs while in contract. Are players doing that or managers? Routine. Hey, are players doing that or managers? Well, it doesn't matter. It's a, a player, a manager equals a player. If a player endorses a manager going to meet a football club mm. to talk about his future, that is the equivalent of the player meeting the club. Now, if you're if you're a player doing that, and it's happening all over the place, and Collingwood's not the only club actively trying to poach players in contract. There's a lot of clubs trying to do it, but at some point, clubs have to start saying no, um, and. You know, if Lockie Schultz fires up next year and kicks 45 goals in response, great. And if he sooks it and kicks 22 goals, then 
so be it. But um, I, I just the pattern continues until you stop the pattern. So Fremantle either has to win big on the trade, and that means Collingwood has to make an offer where Fremantle can look at that and go, you know what, we win on this trade. Which, which is, again, why I think Ed Allen is the interesting person here, because Ed Allen was picked 19 last year and Collingwood saw enough in him to offer him a four-year contract extension. And they would argue, well, that means we really value Ed Allen. But pick 19 is the pick on the table for Lockie Schultz, and it's going to be less than that come draft night. And they've offered Lockie Schultz either five or six years. Mm-hmm. So Fremantle could quite easily, I would think, go to Collingwood and say, well, we think that your actions suggest that you value Lockie Schultz at least as much as you value Ed Allen, in fact, more. So we want Ed Allen. A lot's going to play out there, Lockie Schultz, Collingwood and Fremantle. Now, the overarching thing, and you talked about Blake Akers and that being a list management mistake and other players wanting to go for better opportunity or better money in regards to Griffin Logue and Joel Hamling for lack of opportunities, blue, blah, blue. Are you concerned about the exit door at Fremantle, like a lot of Fremantle Dockers fans are? I'm not as concerned as some of the Dockers fans are. I've read the, the fan sites. Oh, my God, some of those people should go for counselling. Clearly, they should. But um, <laughs> I, I think Acres was a clear error. And I think if we look at what Collingwood was able to do with Pendlebury this year, you could even argue that Monday retiring was an error. Monday wanted to play on, and Fremantle might have been able to manage him through a season and get a better outcome this year with Monday um, still you know, playing limited roles. But... Um, uh, but possibly being rested from some games, being sub in some games, and just being uh, being able to be that on-field coaching voice. Um, I don't think you can blame them for Meek, and I don't think you can blame them for Meek going. I think Tucker's in the same boat, and I think Hamley's in the same boat. So you get down to, really, it's Lobb, Logue, Henry, and, and now Schultz. And... Um, yeah, we've already talked about Lobb. I don't think they're in a position to match the offer for Griffin Logue because if they'd have matched the offer for Griffin Logue, then Griffin Logue, who's their, who was their third tall defender, would have been getting paid more than their first and second tall defenders. I don't think you can have that. Um, so it's always different. It's different for every um, player, and it's a bit different for every club as well. Um, I think the problem for Fremantle is that it's come at a time when they were looking to push on and up and it's disrupted their progress. Um, Henry's going to be an interesting one. I'll be, I'll be fascinated to see how Henry goes over there and I'll be fascinated to see whether Fremantle can replace him and shift their midfield forward. Because at the end of the day, this year, while midfielders clogged the top few places in their best and fairest, the problem for them lay in the midfield. They were getting... They were getting beaten up and beaten in the midfield in the games they were losing, particularly early in the season. So um, are they able to replace Liam Henry and shift that midfield forward, or is that going to be a problem for them as well? I think that's going to be a 
a fascinating question for them to answer going forward. So I'm just going to ask you one more on Liam Henry, and then we'll get to your article in Code Sport about Lance Collard's rapid rise, uh, about a couple of uh, how the Eagles, who have done a lot of work with Lance Collard, can can, can get him, and how they it has triggered that debate in regards to the change of how that uh, that whole setup is arranged and how it operates. Just on uh, on Liam Henry, I'm concerned about Liam Henry too. I'm concerned that Liam Henry will end up at a club where he is not loved to a lesser extent, I say this in the nicest possible way, cotton-wooled and mentored like he has been at Fremantle. If he just goes over there and is just expected to be a player... Thrown in the system. Yep. I, uh, he has... They have gone to town looking after him at Fremantle over a long period of time. Yep, I agree. They were patient with him um, and they. I thought they strike struck the, the right balance between patience and demanding that he worked harder and improve his game. I think they started to see the results of that. I think it takes a long time for the penny to drop with some players about what the caper really is about. And I suspect Liam has made progress in that over the past two years, but I think he's still got a way to go. And it's going to be... If he gets to St Kilda and... Uh, he makes a couple of efforts late in games that he made late in games this year, even when he was playing reasonably well for Fremantle. I shudder to think what Ross Lyon might deliver to him post-match. Um, you know, you'll, you'll find find out all about the realities of AFL football um, when that's the case. Just on the NGA stuff, it is nothing short of an absolute joke, the NGA rules. Mm. Um, the fact that Fremantle couldn't take Motlop two years ago, the fact they'll miss out on Edwards this year, the fact that West Coast will almost certainly miss Collard this year after all the work they've put into those guys. And meanwhile, Collingwood's running around with three All-Australian father-sons. And Geelong's been propped up by three absolute superstar, you know, probably future AFL legend father-sons. Um and that Bulldogs were driven to a flag by father-sons, and the NGA rules changed off the back of one top-five NGA draft pick, which was Jamara Hagen. Mm. Uh, it's an absolute joke. It needs to change. People at the WA Football Commission believe it should come back to the top-20 threshold, but really there should be no threshold at all. West Coast should be able to match a bid for Lance Collard at any point in the draft. Ditto Fremantle with Mitch Edwards. Fremantle should have been able to match the bid for Jesse Motlop at pick 27. Mm. What is the incentive for West Australian clubs to put time and effort into these kids and help them along the development pathway and make sure they get ready for AFL footy if they just get taken by another club? Effectively, Fremantle has developed Motlop for Carlton and West Coast will develop Lance Collard unless they can manage to wangle the pick that gets him, that they will develop him for another club. Um, it's nonsense. And and this stuff that always tilts the odds a little bit in the favour of the Victorian clubs, it has to stop. It's it's nonsense. That it is. You can read the article in Code Sports with Mark Duffett. Hey, good to have you back on our radio, mate. I know you're taking a, a break, a much-needed break, and uh, our thoughts are with you. And interesting, we've had an unlimited amount of messages on socials and on our text line. Mm. When's Duff coming back? Uh, we just to do what you need to do, mate. We look forward to seeing and hearing Mark Duffett very, very shortly. But you can certainly read all your good stuff on Code Sport and follow you on socials. Thanks for joining us, Legend.
Good on you guys. Yeah, there's yeah. Mark Duffield doing great work on our breakfast show, and we appreciate his time. For Beaumont Tiles, he's giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just got a shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with the chance. T's and C's apply. We'll take a break. Come back after 7.30. Pete Hawley, massive game tonight. Massive oh, huge. game. Huge. Melbourne United take yeah. on the Perth Wildcats. As JR said, we'll find out this weekend where the uh, the Wildcats are, are placed at the moment with the game against Melbourne at home and Sydney on Sunday away. Yeah, it's a very big couple of days. Got to win this one. And uh, this was si- this was uh, John Rilly when we asked him on Tuesday how the Red Army should respond to Luke Travers being back in the house tonight. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure the Red Army will uh, <laughs> conduct their manner which is best served for this occasion. Uh, what... What I, what I will say for you is Luke Travers is certainly someone we wanted to keep at the franchise. Mm. And he decided to leave. You're very, very good, JR. Very good. He's inciting, inciting violence without inciting violence. It's fantastic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the best. <laughs>